tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Thank you guys so much for joining us uh, in this emergency episode. Uh, we recorded it uh, earlier, but I had to get out and uh, get to my my children, so uh, I had to do the recording a little later. But uh, emergency episode. A uh, very important episode we do with my good friend Jimmy Dore has a great show called uh, the Jimmy Dore Show, uh, very much on the leftist side of the spectrum. And that's why I love getting different views into the show. So we hear from both sides, not just the sides we like to hear from. And if you follow Jimmy Dore, uh, we all have a lot in common. And I consider him a very good friend. And I love everything he's doing. So it's always an honor to have him on my show uh, today's episode, we discuss about the implosion of the Young Turks and just the implosion of the mass media through lies being bought out and opportunist bullshit. So it's a really great episode. And I think you'll find that no matter where you are in the spectrum of politics, we have more in common than we have different. And we should find those common things and, and, and focus on those and not focus on the difference. But anyways, Guys, I got a lot of stuff going on. I am going to be in West Hills. I'm going to be at the Rabbit Hole. As of right now, I'm scheduled to do two shows, but we might just do one. It's a long story. It has nothing to do with how hard I rock, because trust me, I'm rocking, okay? And I'd love to see the swarm out there, help these young comics who are building a little uh, show out there. We'd love to help them. So if you're in West Hills, a lot of you guys are asking for the ticket links. They're getting it to me. So let's blow it out and have a good time and rock and roll, okay? Uh, a lot of great things are going on. A lot of great things. We are going to be in, let me make sure of this, but I am, we're going to be, Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night is going to be in San Diego at the American Comedy Company, I believe on the 20, that'll be that Saturday, it would be the 24th of July. And then the following weekend, we are in Dallas at Hyenas, our old stomping ground. We are now doing two shows there. We are doing a, uh, we're doing a 8 p.m. show, which is stand up. And then we're doing a swarm tank after that at 1030. And that's in, that is in Dallas on the July 30th. And then Oklahoma City will be there July 31st. That is a 4 p.m. show. So go check that out. And so those are wonderful dates there. I hope you come and join me there. If you want to see any of my free content, you can go to one of two places. You can get everything on samtriplee.com. Meaning all my free content, all my podcasts, Tim Fall Hat, Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, um, Union of the Unwanted. I mean, they're all there, dude. 
And then, yep, they're all there, all my loving podcasts. I'm so excited to do. Then if you want my premium content, it's all under one place as well. It is at Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N, okay? R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash zero, tinfoil hat, whatever you want to do. You get all my premium content. That is uh, tinfoil hat premium, zero. Those are two episodes each of that. You get Greatest of All Time, Conspiracy Social Club. You also get a Union of the Unwanted on there, all at rockfin.com for one price of $10. New t-shirt alert. Yes, yes. Shapeshifting Jesus is available. If you know the story of Shapeshifting Jesus, you know how important he is to battling those archons. And you can get a shirt of Shapeshifting Jesus. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com to support the show. And again, this is an emergency episode. We had to do it. Uh, you know, I can't stand the Young Turks, especially that there's a freaking Armenian on there. She was put there purposefully to deflect uh, the fact that the that the Young Turks uh, caused the genocide of my people. My family were directly involved. My great-grandfather's family, brother, sister, all got mowed down. Uh, that's a fact. My uncle Hachi was in it. I loved him very much while he was with us. And uh, yeah, it's a super tragedy. And it's even worse that he's allowed to use that name. And then Jimmy Dore goes into all the stuff they're trying to do to him. So I hope you enjoy it. It's a real great conversation. Pure fire. Please enjoy this very uh, special emergency episode of Tim Fall Hat. I will talk to you soon. Holla at your boy. All right, super excited to have our returning guest back. Uh, He's one of my favorite people to watch. I love what he's doing. I loved during the 2020 election how he he really took it to the party, him. And, you know, hopefully next week we'll have Dave Smith. I think Dave did a lot of what Jimmy did with the Democrats, Dave's doing with the Libertarian Party. And I really love it. And I just, I mean, I... Love this guy. He's got a heart of gold. He's and so uh, thankful that he's on the show and who's super happy for his success. Please welcome my good friend, Jimmy Dore. How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing great, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Right back at you. Um, a lot of stuff going on uh, in the world. I mean, we got into some of your personal stuff, but, you know, you are somebody who I, I love what you did in the election, going after the Democratic Party, calling them out on, I feel like, just... This hypocrisy, this like win by default, meaning like we're not the Republicans, so you got to vote for us. And I just think it's it, this lesser to evil thing is ridiculous. And I love what you did because you took truth to power and you you did what you're supposed to do, which is hold your leaders accountable to the people. And nobody's doing that. The Republicans are used as a boogeyman, and I, I'm not a fan of either party, to be honest with you. I, I say we decentralize everything. We vote for people that we like, not necessarily parties we like. But I really love what you were doing, and you're fearless, man. And I, I really love it. And not to get into too much specifics of your uh, personal life and stuff like that, but you get a lot of attack, even by the Democratic Party. How you, you If you're not uh, far most, left mostly enough. Mostly Democrats. So that's where my no, all, almost all of my criticism comes from the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party loyalists, right? And so we saw that most recently. You know, I was the one 
who was the biggest pusher of people like AOC and Corey Bush in the squad. I was the first one to have AOC on my show. I was the first one to have Corey Bush on my show. So, and I, and I have a huge platform on the left. So nobody pushed them harder. So there was nobody more disappointed when they let us down and they completely sold out to the party, right? And so uh, my theory is now that it, you, we realize now the Democrats have complete control of government. They could have eliminated student debt. They could have legalized marijuana. They could give us health care. They could give us a $15 minimum wage and they won't do it. And so this idea that you're voting for elect, but they, you know what they will do? They will keep Trump's trillion dollar tax cut. You know what they will do? They'll take uh, $20 billion more and give it to Raytheon and the military. They could, that could have ended homelessness. That, that, that's what it cost to end homelessness, $20 billion. They could have did that. They didn't. They could have ended $20 billion of student loan debt. They, they gave it right to their donors and they screwed us out of a living wage. They screwed us out of health care. They're ramping up the war budget. And they, we're not even getting prescription drug relief, which is one other thing they promised. So this idea that you can vote for Joe Biden and push him left is ridiculous. But also that if you vote for the people like the squad, people who uh, give lip service to progressive policies like Medicare for all and a $15 minimum wage, Voting for them inside the Democratic Party has turned out to be a fool's errand also. And it's actually worse to have those people inside. People go, well, you should be for progressives, right? I think what it does, it gives the false impression to people that there is a political party that's actually fighting for workers and fighting for you. And there isn't. So they have the squad there to make you think the Democrats are fighting for you. Then the squad, get all, they have all the power in the world right now because it's such a slim majority in the House for the Democrats. If the squad all voted together just like the Tea Freedom Caucus did, the Tea Party Caucus, they could control the House. They refuse to do it. They're rolling over and going along with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. And so my position right now is anybody who votes for these two parties is voting for evil. There's no lesser involved, there we go. right? They're they're both warmongering, rapacious. Well, as Dylan Radigan called it, they are, they are the representatives of the rapacious oligarchy. Your democracy didn't get stolen by the Russians. It got stolen by Halliburton. It got stolen by Goldman Sachs. It got stolen by Eli Lilly, Blue Cross, and Exxon. Your fucking vote doesn't matter and hasn't mattered for a long fucking time. And that's proven by Cambridge, right? That's a study. I didn't fucking make that up. There is no correlation between the bottom 80% income earners in this country and legislation. There is zero. So you don't have a democracy anymore. And now they want you to worry about, they want me to worry about Russia and Vladimir Putin. Guess what? They have Medicare for all in Russia, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm with you. I am completely with you. We have represent, we have taxation without representation. And it's, it's like women, like when women get courted by men, men say whatever they can to get laid, right? And then women go crazy. We wonder why we drive them nuts because we're saying whatever we can. That's voting. Voting, they say whatever you want, they would think we want to hear. And the minute they get voted in, they do whatever the fuck they want. All right, everybody, I want to tell you about our good friends at CBD Line. That's right, CBD Line, one of our oldest sponsors on the show, longest running sponsors on the show. And we love them very much. You know, these stressful times, you need tools in your tool belts, and no one can help you more than CBD Lion. I mean, they got everything. They got vapes, they got, they got gummy you like they got those new gummies that lemon you like. ones come on nothing is better than lemon dude nothing's better than lemon lemon gummies okay they, they also have the uh, 
new melatonin slumberberry variety pack, which I've heard is pretty cool. A variety pack, man! And that's what we're talking about, dude. They are the best of the best. I love them very much. They always come to my live shows and support. And here's what's really great, okay? They they have everything you need, man. They're All their products are third-party tested, all right? They even have a quick little survey, quick quiz you take that'll help you with deciding which product is best. They got everything, man. They got everything. Pre-rolls. Pre-rolls of hemp flour. They got new strains of hemp flour. They got uh, lemon gummies, variety pack gummies, melatonin gummies, all this. Fun games CBD. Does it beat that? I don't think so. I love them. Every time they come to my shows, I hug them. I hug them. I try to kiss them. They're like, no, it's not, not like that, bro. <laughs> And if you like that and you want to help out the show and you want to help our sponsors, just go to cbdline.com and enter the promo code TINFOIL, okay, to get 20% off. That's cbdline, like the animal.com, coupon code TINFOIL. Check them out. We won over 2,000 positive reviews. This stuff works. Give them a try one more time. Just go to cbdline, enter the coupon code TINFOIL to get 20% off. Go on. What's even worse is the media is is definitely in the tank for the establishment, right? And who's the establishment? Well, right now it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And they the Washington Post, when Trump was uh, president, they had they would track his lies, and that was like a, a special thing they did every day. They stopped doing that when Joe Biden became president. Really? Why would you stop doing that? What what didn't Joe Biden promise me a two thousand dollar check and then I didn't get it? Well, that's the first and the first thing he did when he became president was he bombed Syria. Holy shit. Do you know that right now Joe Biden is in court? They passed a law in California to make it illegal for the immigration immigrants to be housed in private prisons. That's what they did in California. Joe Biden's in court trying to get that overturned. Do you know that Trump put in a rule that let private uh, religious schools discriminate against LGBTQ? And Joe Biden is defending that rule. So again, where is the meet the old new boss, same as the old boss. This voting for one of the two parties makes you complicit in the pain that they're going to inflict. They won't even give you health care in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and they won't give you unemployed, they won't give you the real unemployment when they shut your business down. That is fucking crazy. What no other country did that this way, by the way. So if they shut your business down, they paid your wages in other countries. In Japan, 95% of your wages. In the, uh, Germany, in UK, they paid your wages if they shut your business down. They didn't do that there. And right now you hear these stories of, oh, hang on, my earphones are dying. Hold on a second. We can still hear you. Now, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So right now you hear these stories of all these equity firms, Blackstone, buying up all the houses in one neighborhood, and then they're going to rent them out to people. So this is called the upward transfer of wealth. That's what they use the pandemic for. For, the for sure. Hold on one second, Jimmy. Hold on. Because we your your sound just went bad. What do you think you should do? Do you have headphones? Sure. Yeah, maybe headphones. If you have like wired headphones. There possibly. we go. There we go. There we go. I got, yeah, I got much better, dude. There we go. Yes, dude. Listen, Jimmy, everything you're talking about with that BlackRock and stuff like that, we've been discussing on this show. The 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 head of BlackRock gets in, into the Fed under Trump, okay? And bails out everybody to the tune of trillions. And then they turn around and start buying out all, all this land at 20% more of the price. So you are competing against monopoly money. 
That's right. You're competing against the government funding people to squash you. And why do they want to buy up all those houses so they can rent them out and keep people paupers? It's a permanent surf class in the United States. That's what they're going to do. And I, and I tried to warn people when the CARES Act was passed and everybody was, uh, and I'm like, this is the largest upward transfer of wealth in human history. People don't realize how bad we're getting screwed right now. So they did the same thing. If you remember back in 2008, 2009, when Barack Obama got, they tried to do TARP. Right. And they so they it took them a couple of weeks to figure out how to transfer all that wealth upwards. Uh, but they figured it out. And now they do it like that. So when they wanted to do this new one, it would happen before any had a town hall about it. Nobody. They just gave five trillion dollars to the richest thousand people in the country. And so yep. that's how you get more income inequality. That's how what's called a upward transfer of wealth. And so now the people who have all the money, they can come in and buy all the properties that are depressed and uh, when nobody else has any money. So whoever, there's a, I forget what the term is, but there's a term that describes this phenomena. It's whoever gets the money first has all the advantage. So when the economy crashed and the Fed gave all that money to the rich people, they have, now they, they went up and bought all this property now. They bought, and they're, so the ones with the money first. So this is, again, increasing income inequality. We're the richest country the face of the earth has ever seen. 80% of workers lived paycheck to paycheck before the pandemic. 50% of Americans couldn't afford a $400 emergency before the pandemic. And what is the Democrats answer to this? Uh, they're going to make Juneteenth a holiday. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm totally with you. And and it's done purposefully. Now, you know, you, you see weird stuff like that that's not as obvious. But when you take a look at it, like uh, Jeff Bezos has a space program now. He gets $10 billion. Suddenly, the guy can buy uh, MGM for $8 billion. How convenient. You got Trump doing the same thing, giving $10 billion to Bill Gates Foundation for viral research or something. He turns around. He's not buying up all the farmland. I mean, this is what we're finding are these, a lot of these tech companies are just extensions of the deep state intelligence and the government. And we're competing against our own in it, whatever. So, you know, people call it corporatocracy. I call it fascism. They, fascism. they think it's only one person. It's straight up fascism straight by up. both parties. Well, what do you call, I think, wasn't it Mussolini who defined fascism when the corporation and the government work together to screw the citizens? Yes. And that's exactly what we've had. We've had that for a while, by the way. I mean, remember when people used to go to Canada to get their medicine? Then they passed a law to make that illegal. That didn't help American citizens. That helped pharmaceutical companies. So that's fat. I mean, again, we're living. That's why we we're the only country that doesn't have health care. We're the only one that pays these pharmaceutical prices. We're the only one that does all this shit. And it's because our government is 100% co-opted. And it didn't happen because of the Russians or Putin. It happened because of Goldman Sachs. It happened because of Bank of America. It happened because of Exxon. It happened because of uh, Blue Cross and Eli Lilly. That's who owns our government. And we're living in the remnants of it, right? The richest country in the world, half the people in LA living under a bridge, the other half living above one. I mean, it's uh, it's what's going on is crazy. We are turning into a, th we're gonna, as Dylan Radigan said on my show, we're going to become Brazil if we're not there already. 100%. So what we have is like New York. We have a few cities that mask what's really happening. Like, so we have Silicon Valley, we have New York, Chicago, that kind of masks the kind of horribleness that's really uh, uh, the hollowing out. If you read Chris Hedges' latest book, uh, America, the Farewell Tour, 
It's all about the hollowing out and the death of capital, the, the, the death rattle of capital. So we're in late stage capitalism where it starts to eat itself. So now the cities don't have a tax base anymore. So what they have to do is start selling off their public works. So they'll sell off like their sewer thing to a private per, to a private company. And then the private company charges you more for it. And then, but at, at some point, the city doesn't have any more revenue and they don't, can't become a government. So, and then, but the capitalists need a strong government and to, with social services to prop them up. So what's happening now, it's all eating itself and we're collapsing. 100%, dude, 100%. And it's, we're getting spit roasted by two parties. Anybody sitting into, I don't care how educated you are, how much research you do. If you're defending party systems, uh, you're you're just falling for it. It's so easy to get corrupted. I mean, look what happened just with the Libertarian Party. Dave Smith basically outed them, and their entire like executive branch stepped down because they got basically what happened. Out- What's that? What happened? I didn't see what happened. Yeah, basically he outed them that they were they were corrupting the entire system, faking the numbers, keeping the data out, and they they got busted and they all resigned. And it's along the lines of what you were trying to do with the with the, uh, the Democratic Party. And, you know, and let's get into the media is the purpose I, I wanted to have you on the show. Because, I mean, I used to text you before about, you know, as an Armenian, what problems I have with the Young Turks and that whole situation. And now it's a very cool to see that everyone's finally, you know, calling them out. And to be honest with you, when I saw in the, like, little after 2016, when they got that fat chunk from some legacy media company to uh, basically, you know, fund them and their thing. I go, oh, well, now it's officially over. You, they've been bought out and stuff like that. So, you know, the Young Turks right now, I see you, Lee Camp, a lot of people finally starting to call them out for what they're doing. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of talk to you about it. Like, wh- your thoughts on the whole situation. Well, it was a sad thing. There was a time when the Young Turks, I think, did, did uh, good work. They also did a lot of camel toe segments, spot the celebrity camel toe, and they would show a lot of upskirt videos. Uh, they literally, they would do that. They would show pictures of celebrity women getting out of cars, and you know, a paparazzi catches a picture of their uh, under their skirt, and they weren't wearing underwear. Jenk Uger would then show them on his show, and then he would post them at his website and say, I can't show you the uncensored picture of their vagina on my YouTube show, but go to tyt.com. So that's worse than a pornographer. A pornographer usually gets consent from the people. So the Young Turks wouldn't even get consent, and they were doing that. And, you know, Britney Spears is in the uh, in, in the news right now. They took they took their Britney Spears video down of them making, showing their, her upskirt. They took it down. The literal title of it was Up Britney Spears Skirt. That was their title, and they thought it was hilarious to do that and the reason why i tell you all that stuff is because um uh most recently they've gone off the rails since they took that money and they become transparently establishment right because they are corporate now and they have billionaires who sit on a board that runs the young turks and so they've gotten into uh they smeared julian assange now i outed them for that so what happened was i started to enforce the vote and i bit my tongue about the young turks and i was going to let other people called them out for it, right? Because I was on the inside. I, you know, it, 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 I don't want to have that happen. I would hope someone else would do it, right? And uh, so I didn't say anything. When I started forced the vote, I don't know if people know what that was. It was, it was uh, trying to get the, the squad, the Democratic progressives, to vote as a block uh, for Nancy Pelosi as speaker and demand something for their vote. And the vote, thing we wanted was them to have a vote for Medicare for all on the floor. And that they all ran on that. And then when the time came to do it, they all didn't do it. And so uh, Cenk Uger, 
attacked me over that. And he ran interference for, for the squad and for Democratic politicians because his, his company is now funded by DNC donors, right? Democratic Party donors, Jeffrey Katzenberg, billionaires like that, Buddy Romer, they, they, they all fund his show now. So he ran interference for the Democratic Party and the Democratic politicians and him and Anna Kasperian slandered my character. Like they just didn't disagree with me over strategy. Say They said there was something wrong with my character and I was unhinged and, there's, and I'm not a good guy. And and so what I decided to do was tell the truth about the Young Turks. And the first thing I did was like, hey, if they're going to slander me while I'm trying to get health care, I'm going to show you that they smeared Julian Assange for absolutely no reason. Well, I don't know what the, there was a reason. I think it was they were signaling to try to get some donors, uh, donor cash. Right. So watch, I'm going to go smear Julian Assange. So they did that. They said he was a Trumper and he couldn't be trusted. That's what the Young Turks said about Julian Assange. They said he was a Trumper who couldn't be trusted. So then I also outed their shady business practices when they do these fun Fundraisers, they would tell people, give us money and then we'll get you your $2,000 relief check. We'll put pressure on the politicians. Send us money so we'll get you your check. That was one of the sleaziest things I've ever seen. So I outed that. I outed Jenk. Then Jenk lied about force to vote. He said if they did the strategy for force to vote, that Kevin McCarthy, who's the Republican leader, could become speaker, which was a lie. And he was corrected on it about a thousand times. And he still never he still kept saying it. So we caught him lying and lying and lying. And I reported it. Now, nobody else in the left space would do videos about the Young Turks. They were all afraid of them. Well, I wasn't, so I did it. And so Jenk Uger and Anna Kasparian admitted that because of, my, oh, then they called Aaron Mate. So then they started to smear Aaron Mate because he comes on my show. They said he was paid by the Russians and that he works for Assad. That's a news show slandering an anti-war journalist after they just slandered Julian Assange. And they said he pays paid by the Russians with no evidence whatsoever. And that he works, and they uh, said he denies uh, gas attacks and that he works for Assad, I mean Assad. And so they couldn't back that up. And I brought Aaron on my show and they couldn't ever live this down and they couldn't get out of it. So I got a blackmail email from Anna Kasperian, the co-host of the Young Turks, threatening to blackmail me over an incident that happened seven years ago in the New York, in the uh, TYT newsroom. Uh, I made a joke about her, her skirt was too short and she bent over and mooned everybody in the newsroom. And so I said, hey, Anna, nice news skirt. That's all I said. <laughs> That's a joke. And then I and then everybody laughed and she got embarrassed and I didn't want to embarrass her. I just wanted to let her know she was showing her ass to everybody and she got embarrassed. So I said to her uh, afterwards, I apologized. Oh, hey, I didn't mean to embarrass you. And I gave her a card and a gift. And I said, hey, you never have to worry about me talking about your clothes at work. Don't yeah. worry about that. I want you to feel comfortable here. This is before hashtag me too. This is before there was no pressure campaign. Nobody threatened my job. Nobody nothing. By the way, she was my boss. So she could have fired me if she wanted. She didn't. She kept booking me on the show for fucking five more years. So um, this is so they admitted that they brought this. So this was an incident where I made a joke. And then it embarrassed her. So I apologized for a joke. And uh, by the way, she used to host segments called Spot the, Feet by the Celebrity Camel Toe. So that was the work environment that they created. They hired me to make those kind of jokes, right? They used to make those kind of jokes all the time. They used to look up women's skirts, put it up there. They, they posted revenge porn on TYT. I'm not making of that up. Of course. Yes, that's exactly revenge. what so that, that is. That was the, 
that was the culture at TYT. And I made a joke and I didn't have to apologize for it. I did because I felt bad for her. And this was before on any of this shit that hashtag me, any of this, there was no pressure campaign, no blood. And I said, I'm sorry, because I, I, I didn't want her to make her feel bad. We were friends. And we were intimate friends, by the way. So this, and then seven, she accepts my apology. And when I gave her the cut, she goes, Jimmy, you don't have to do that. Get out of here. We're friends. And so seven years later, when I'm criticizing her McCarthy smears of Aaron Mate and her McCarthy smears of Julian Assange, all of a sudden she brings this up and she admits it as a retaliation to get me to stop running my mouth. She sent me a DM on Twitter to saying that she's going to tell people about that card I sent her and try to twist it into something bigger than it was as a way to get me to stop, quote, running my mouth. So that's called blackmail. And that's not how this is supposed to work. And then when they actually did it on their show on the Young Turks, what Cenk Uger admitted was that they're doing this to retaliate for our criticism of their bad journalism. Well, that's you're supposed to launch a, 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 a claim like this to warn other women, not because you're going to respond to someone's criticism of your poor journalism. So that reveals that this accusation is false. That's yeah. what all this reveals, that this was made up and she's twisting something and making something bigger than it was. By the way, an incident that was settled seven years ago because I did the right thing and I'm a stand up guy. And I said I was a, and I apologize. And by the way, she was my boss. And so now they're doing that. And everybody sees that that, of course, there's the Hillary Clinton lovers who hate me and the Democratic Party loyalists who hate me or are going to pretend that nice news skirts, me saying nice news skirt is some kind of harassment. And if it was, I already apologized for it seven years ago and she already accepted it. And now she's going to weaponize that seven years later when she's getting called out for her horrible journalism and her pushing imperialism in Syria, because they're pushing imperialism in Syria and CIA talking points, which is another thing we're revealing. And so they can't, they got, no, they've never apologized for smearing Julian Assange. They won't apologize for smearing Aaron Matze. And they won't apologize for this later smear by, by against me for weaponizing an incident that happened seven fucking years ago so it, that it I just... already apologized for, that she already forgave me for. That's not how this works. You're not supposed to do that in retaliation. Okay. All right, guys. I want to tell you about our new friends at We The People Holsters. That's right. Personal holsters for your guns. American-made holsters designed to conceal carry. Holla at your boy. How excited are you about this, Johnny? I could not be more excited, dude. As soon as you told me about the sponsor, I was on their website checking out all the holsters. Do you own a gun, Xavier? Dude, I'm American. Yeah, you are, barely, but you are. <laughs> you really are. Guys, you know we're living in uncertain times. Millions have come to realize the importance of the Second Amendment right there, okay? If you're looking for the perfect accessory to go with the perfect firearm, get an American-made holster from my friends, and they are my friends, We The People Holsters, okay? Starting at just $40, We The People Holsters have custom molded to your exact firearm for quick, smooth draw. Holla at your boy. They're, they have thousands of options to choose from, plus a, a section of custom printed holsters, okay? Including a line with the real tree camouflage. Yeah, for those hunters, Johnny, just like your dad, right? No, no, my brother-in-law's a big hunter. Your dad doesn't hunt? No. Mm -mm. He doesn't, so he just goes in the forest naked. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, you're there. Check out the complete line of patriotic shirts and new EDC tactical gun belts, which come with their exclusive 
Telen Buckles, which is which is manufactured 100% in the United States, most likely right next to the Bluetooth fucking boner oh, factory. Oh, shit. Okay? That's America. Here we go. Every holster and gun comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you're not, if it if it's not perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. And oh, yeah, don't forget to get some bags from the mouth-watering beef jerky. Okay? They got no bacon jerky. They got some serious Bacon jerky. Yes, you heard it here. Bacon. Oh, I love bacon jerky. Dude. Do you, Johnny? It's so good, man. Okay, yeah. maybe we'll get them to send you some so you and your lady can make love while you play with your new holster and eat bacon jerky. Jerky. It's like that's it's, a night. It's like, okay. you're in, it's like you're in our house. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so show your support for the show and this great American company. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Tinfall hat right now. Get an additional ten dollars off with the promo code Tinfoil10. That's T-I-N-F-O-I-L. The number ten. Okay. We the people holsters.com slash tinfoil hat. We the people holsters.com slash tinfoil hat. I'm an Armenian, dude. She's Armenian. I mean, I, I I still don't understand how anybody it just makes no sense, that name, the Young Turks. Now, I've heard over time, oh, there's been a lot of Young Turks. Okay, that's fine. There's been a lot of, excuse me, yeah, there's been a lot of Young Turks out there. She's Armenian, man, okay? It, 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 it's like Jews for Nazis. I'm, I'm sorry. It sounds when, like that's super crude, but Jake, it's really not. When Jake named the company the Young Turks, he was still an Armenian genocide denier when he yes! named it. Cause that was back in the nineties when he named the company and he knew what the fuck he was doing. The guy went to Columbia. He knew what he was doing. He named it the young Turks. And then he got an Armenian girl to sit next to him. So he had cover. And like, I mean, like I remember when, you know, every time Armenian genocide remembrance day comes, they have to make a, you know, a, an apology all the time. And she just brings up that like, Oh, it's Republicans and conservatives smearing us. It's not, it's your own community, man. Nobody understands how you could be on that show doing that. And it's just a giant egotistical thing. It's just all ego. If that, let's just say in Bizarro Town, in this clown world, where you we want to believe you made a mistake and just picked the one name that was Turkish, <laughs> that just happened to slaughter. And like, in full disclosure, and I've said here on my show, my great-grandfather's whole family got mowed down by by the Turks and they, they had to escape and they got here. I'd, I, I had an uncle Hachi who had uh, tattoos from the whole situation. And a lot of people don't know they had tattoos. A lot of people think that's just associated with Nazis and Jews. And that's not the truth. And to be honest with you, Hitler, Hitler basically said that the Armenian genocide was the blueprint to uh, use for ethnic cleansing. And he basically came out and said that. And then she she's like kind of like defending it as a ton of young Turks. That to me, that there are young Turks in the in history over time. You know, that's like people going, oh well, the Hindu sign for peace is a swastika. I should be able to wear that when I go to the uh, to um, any kind of Jewish event. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's like you know what you know what the intention of that is, and for her to have that is a window into the soul of a human being. Can you, believe, can you believe that someone who used to do on a, a regular segment that she curated and produced called Guess Who's Camel Toe? And then she would take 
pictures of celebrities, camel toes. They would zoom in. Then you had to guess who it was. They would post revenge porn on their website that uh, they actually did an experiment once where Anna went to a mall and tried to tease the guy sexually into buying her a pair of shoes to see if it would work. And it did. And then she blew the guy off and kept the shoes. She didn't go, hey, we were doing an experiment for a new show. Here's your money back. He, she kept a hundred bucks. It, this is the kind of shit. So does anybody believe that someone who was able to do a segment, she looked at Britney Spears' uh, naked vagina and said, oh, her cooch looks old and beat up. And Jenk said, it looks all fat and flabby and her face is ugly. I wouldn't even do her. So it's somebody bullshit. who can sit you next to that, that's a, that, that's a direct quote, by the way. So somebody who can sit next to that and do the things that Anna Spears, she told people to go to the website too, to see the naked photos of Britney Spears' vagina at TY. She told people to do that. So you're telling me somebody who does that gets offended when somebody says nice news skirt, when the comedian they hired to make jokes says nice news skirt. You're gonna tell me that she's so broken by that that seven years ago when she's in the middle of McCarthy smearing everyone. By the way, she tweeted out a doctored video of Aaron Maté. She she's a news person who tweeted out a deceptively edited video that made it look like Aaron Mate said that Assange was his uh, that Assad was his hero. And they it then you they showed the full video and he said you could see why some people in Syria would consider Assad to be a hero. And they cut off the first part and it made it look like he was calling Assad a hero. So they're trying to smear an anti-war journalist. She doesn't have to pay a price for that because she all of a sudden says Jimmy Dore said nice news skirt seven fucking years ago. And so nobody's going to hold her account for that because Jimmy said nice news skirt, something he apologized for that very fucking day. And she accepted seven years ago. That's not how this works. You're not supposed to be able to weaponize that shit. And now they're still smearing Julian Assange. They smeared Jul WikiLeaks again last Monday. And they're pushing imperialism in Syria. It's fucking gross. Oh, by the way, Jen Huger went on Rising, that show Rising from the Hill, and uh, which is a right wing. He doesn't realize that Hill is a right wing organization publication. And he went out there and tried to slander me by saying that most of Jimmy's viewers are right wing. I don't know what, but first of all, uh, I do. And second of all, he said that Jimmy Dore's a preposterous liar and that he lied and said that I was for bombing Syria. Well, immediately I showed the video. Here's Jenk fucking bo uh, advocating for bombing Syria. I was there in the newsroom when he did it. I know he did it. So Jenk goes on these TV. So they're lying nonstop now. Roger Waters called them out. The guy from Pink Floyd. Roger Waters called them out for how bad they're pushing imperialism and how they were smearing Aaron Maté. He called them the young fucks and said that they're, they claim to be outsiders and they claim to be progressives, but they are the status quo pushing imperialism narratives. That's Roger Waters, a rock legend who, by the way, one of the greatest uh, political activists of our time. And uh, so Jenk, when that happened, Jenk said, oh, R Roger Waters, some random Pink Floyd guy from 80 years oh, ago criticized us. On. That's like saying Paul McCartney, some random beetle. Like, what do you mean <laughs> random? What do you mean? That's, That's like, so oh, you know what? That Mick Jagger, some random Rolling Stone guy from 80 years ago. And That's what's hilarious. hilarious is that the next day, Roger Waters was trending. That's how fucking relevant he is. And why was he trending? Because Mark Zuckerberg wanted to use his song to help get more people on his social network, which is the number one social network in the fucking world. That's how relevant his art is. It still has legs that he wanted to use it. And Roger Waters told Mark Zuckerberg, go fuck yourself. I'm not letting you use my thing to get 
more people as you censor. I'm not going to make your platform more popular so you can censor people. And that's why he trended number one. And you know where he said that at? He was at a rally for Julian Assange with Julian Assange's fucking father. Whereas, whereas Cenk Uger is busy slandering Julian Assange. Roger Waters is out there at a rally for him trending because of it. And so that's how out of touch the Young Turks are. And that's what happens when you take $24 million in right-wing corporate cash. You know, it's just, it's so interesting that anybody even listens. I mean, their numbers are suffering. I saw Lee Camp talking about it. Their, nuffer, their numbers are suffering. I did, they did a live stream that had like a hundred people on it. And mm. I mean, this is an organization that's kind of branded as, you know, uh, this big media powerhouse, a hundred people are watching it live. And I just think it's like, how are you watch? How are you, uh, you know, I'm a liberal. I'm a traditional liberal. Okay. I'm not kind of into the, the super duper. Every, everything's offensive. Uh, I I'm going to go left just cause I hate everything on the right. I, I am like issue to issue to issue, man. I'm anti-war. That to me is a liberal issue. I don't know what's going on in Bizarro town that these people are pro war and they have warmongers on MSNBC all the time they have the head of the cia is a is a paid for talking head uh, they, that's just remember, incredibly remember, disrespectful yeah i mean re remember they used to have to do mockingbird and they used to have to do programs that were clandestine now they just hire the cia to come right on their fucking you're supposed to hire someone who debunks the cia you're not supposed to bring the cia in for their fucking commentary but that's what they do and that's what the young turks has turned into too because of trump and russiagate they just became cia repeating motherfuckers and uh now they're getting called out for it and they then their response is to mccarthy smear aaron Maté, julian assange and to launch launch a phony obvious transparent bullshit blackmail uh hashtag me too uh against me and it's not working it's not working at all Imagine nice you new take skirt. somebody down for saying nice skirt like they're trying to like, they're trying to take is it if i said nice news they were trying to be howard stern and I said, nice news skirt on Howard Stern. Could you imagine getting in trouble for saying nice news skirt on it, Howard Stern show? It, it's absolutely disgusting. And just like, there's a reason why she's so angry, dude. Yeah. People who are do, living life and doing the following their dreams aren't angry like that, unless you're doing a lie, you know? And it's that's just. A, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, I, again, I just can't get over it. I can't get over that. I, I'm just glad that most people aren't uh, buying buying it. Uh, but you know, uh, there are a lot of people on the the left who still repeat it. Like they won't say what I said, but they will say this. They'll go, "Oh, what he said was terrible." What did he say? Just don't don't describe what he said. Just say what I said. I said nice new skirt which he apologized for. That's what I said. You're gonna to try to make me out to be worse than them? They are a million times worse because Anna was my boss and she's doing camel toe segments. That creates a culture at yeah. work that they're liable for, not fucking me. I have no clue. And then no she's gonna weaponize me being a good guy and a good friend. She got embarrassed at work and I wanted to make her feel better about being embarrassed at work for, for accidentally mooning the newsroom, which is what she did. And I, I made a joke about, I apologized for a joke that she got embarrassed about. And she wouldn't have got embarrassed if everybody didn't laugh. And as you know, as a comedian, Sam, it's laugh is laughs are involuntary. So why did everybody laugh? Because the joke highlighted a bigger truth. She was dressed. She she just mooned the newsroom, and so 
everybody saw it and everybody was uncomfortable. And so I make a joke and everybody laughed. And that's what she got embarrassed about. She got embarrassed that she realized she had mooned the room. And that's why she got embarrassed. And so I wanted to make her feel better. And I apologize for without a pressure campaign, without a blackmail threat, and without a threat of losing my job. I did that as a friend and she accepted it and then weaponizes it seven years later. That is the most cynical, sleazy fucking bullshit in the world. And shame on anybody who forwards that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not, even, it's not it's like, I always do my thing. It's like, it's not about being right. It's about doing right. And they're trying to be right and they're doing the wrong thing and people are following and it's just regurgitation of talking points. And, you know, I, I you're not a conspiracy guy, but people will be like, oh, you're one of those cube people. They'll say without any like, what does that mean? Was that was that mean? I'm a cute. Tell me what. The, oh, it's just a blanket statement. It's just like, you know, what? there's something going on in the comedy community about this one. Uh, this one. uh story was retweeted by a, a big name comic and it was like alt-right is in is uh you know basically taking over comedy and i mean what what is alt-right what, what does that mean these are just buzzwords that like so the left let, throws out and it's let me like, let me tell you how about? the here's how the media works and it's just like uh the young church work now so when I started pushing force to vote, which was a definite threat to the status quo, Sam, because Medicare for all would really upset the apple cart of the health insurance, big pharma and Wall Street. Right. So that would really fuck them up if we got Medicare for all right now. And that's why they have to slander and swear anybody who pushes for it. So I get this great idea that could force a vote on Medicare for all and expose all the charlatans in Congress. And what did they do? Daily Beast calls me a Nazi. Uh, the, they did a whole article on me. And then so did Newsweek. Newsweek does an article and they called me the head of the dirtbag left and they put a but the picture they used, I looked beautiful. It was like from 15 <laughs> years ago. I was like, I fucking look beautiful. Thank you very much. Not How do you get into friends. the dirtbag left? I might I want to join. And so so that and that's just because I tried to get health care. And Jenk Uger did the same thing and Ryan Grimm at the intercept. And so they had people out there and they, they did it at the daily uh the news in New York. They all wrote hit pieces on me and I'm like so once you're inside a news story, you see how the news works and the Young Turks did the same thing, right? So as soon as you look at, like I said, look what happened to, to, to um, uh, Joe Rogan, right? So they, Joe Rogan was to the left of the Democratic Party first, he had a friendly interview with Tulsi Gabbard and Tulsi Gabbard was calling out the, the Democratic Party's warmongering on Syria and saying, we got to stop these regime change wars. So they immediately smeared her as a Russian. Remember Hillary Clinton yes. said she was a Russian. Yes. They said she was a Russian and a traitor to our country. That's what they do, right? So as soon, and they said the same thing about Bernie Sanders, that he was a sexist and a misogynist because he was to the left of the Democratic Party, right? And so as soon as Joe Rogan got to the left of the Democratic Party, they said he was a transphobe and an alt-right piece of shit. Hey, no, Joe, Joe Rogan in, endorsed Bernie Sanders. So that's the, that's their tactic. And that's the exact same tactic. That's the exact same tactic the Young Turks used on me. They tried to sla slander me as right wing. Cenk Uger's telling everybody my audience is made up of right wingers. And, and that I've been, last week he said I was in bed with the neo-Nazis and then he had his uh, co-host accuse me of being a misogynist. That's how, that's the game that works. So when the imperialists get caught out, misogyny is their last defense. They 
did the same thing, by the way, to Shahid Batar when he was challenging Nancy Pelosi in the primary. They had a bogus hashtag Me Too against him, and it got all his support to pull away from him. And then it got after the election. Turns out it was all bullshit. So now the establishment has weaponized hashtag Me Too to, to silence their own critics. And that's exactly what the Young Turks are trying to do in this situation. But we're not going to let people, we're not going to let the Young Turks off the hook. They have to apologize for pushing for war in Syria. They have to apologize for uh, uh, slandering whistleblowers, which is what they did. They would have to apologize for slandering Julian Assange and apologize for slandering anti-war journalist Aaron Maté and for weaponizing an incident from seven years ago cynically against me in a bullshit way. They should be apologizing and people should be holding their feet to the fire, not only for the Britney Spears up the skirt and posting revenge porn on their website and then trying to say someone else isn't as moral as they are. They should be yeah, held up for, yeah, their, yeah. For, for all of this. And and I'm and me and the gray zone and Aramate and Lee Camp are the only ones doing it on the left. No one will call because they're afraid of the Young Turks and their five million subscribers. That's what they're afraid of. Well, I double their live stream numbers. They get about three thousand on the regular. They get about three thousand live stream number. I had thirteen thousand yesterday when I live streamed, and I'm going to be live streaming tomorrow, and I'll probably get thirteen thousand. So they are they're getting like a third of what I get or a fourth of my live stream numbers and that's what this is all about they are desperate and jank only knows how to keep digging he's in a hole and he won't stop digging and uh, this is uh, they can't touch me just like they can't touch joe rogan his audience knows who he is and my audience knows who i am and i've got endless videos of jank uger advocating for bombing libya endless videos of jank uger advocating for bombing syria i get endless videos of him smearing anti-war journalists like julian assange and people like aaron mate and i get endless videos of him looking up women's skirts and posting revenge porn he's a fucking pervert pornographer and he's a pro-war imperialist corporate and it's unbelievable that they think that this would take you down. I mean, I know you, Jimmy. I, we, we don't hang out a lot because, one, we're grown-ass men, and I, I don't know the last time I hung out with anybody. But, you know, like we've done shows together. I've been on your show. You've been kind enough to be on my show a lot of time. You know, I, I, I have a good understanding of you, and the, the, I get no – no vibe of anything creepy from you. It, it's kind of interesting, man, because, you know, I'll get labeled stuff too, like, uh, you know, transphobe or anything like that. And like, all I do on this show is fight for humanity and humanity includes everybody, trans, gays, white men, black women, whatever. The, it's all under that. I fight for everybody. The people I don't like are fucking psychopaths. Okay. And, and I'd hate, and this is something I really want to talk to you about. It's like, it's like we are living in an age where one of the most dangerous people in the world are opportunists. And that's what the young Turks are. They are opportunists. They took cash and they're being a mouthpiece for dark, dark arts and the war machine. And it's like, these people need to be called out. There's a lot of things that maybe you and I don't agree with. And that's totally fine because I'm not here just to talk to everybody. I 100% agree with. I like to right. talk to everybody. You got a little stuff that maybe I'll learn. Like, okay, man, that I kind of see it that way too. Right. And it's like, that's what life's about. It's not about talking into an echo chamber. But it's about good faith arguments. I like talking to people who have disagreements with me, right? That, that, that's not, that's totally not the agree. problem. The problem is I don't want to give someone the time of day who has a bad faith argument or doesn't believe what they're saying or is a partisan. You know, I'm not a partisan. I don't have, I don't launch an argument because of my team. 
I launched an argument because I'm intellectually consistent and I, I really believe it, right? And uh, yeah, I like to talk to people like Dave Smith. I like to talk to people like you. I used to talk to Wayne Fetterman uh, all the time when I used to have my show at the UCB theater and I would bring, he was a right winger and I would bring him on and we would have uh, spirited conversations which I don't have a problem with. That's fine, let's do it. Let's, we, why is it, isn't it weird, Sam, that if you're screaming about, uh, uh, a football team making a bad trade or a bad call in a baseball game, everyone understands. But if you, but if you get upset about healthcare, people are like, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah, those guys. You see how upset he gets. They can't. They're yelling about politics. Well, it's only the most important fucking thing in the world. But if I was screaming about the Boston Red Sox losing again, that was fucking about. People would understand. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And the notion that okay, you and I agree on everything. We love comedy. We like this. This is. And let's say. And I'm talking about in Hollywood and these Hollywood people and how we have a disagreement on, on, on politics. Suddenly it's like, oh, we can't be friends. We can't hang out. We can't work together. We can't have you on our shows. And so I just don't understand that where the open-minded people have suddenly become the closed-minded people. The liberal has exactly. become the shut, shut down the conversation. And Jimmy, you do the road and I'm sure you do shows in red States. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. We talk about here all the time. I go, I go do a show in a red state. They listen to me talk about all the crazy stuff I talk about. And they laugh a lot louder. The only thing that red States seem to be like they're conservative. And that to me now just sounds like, don't take my tax money. Don't take my guns. And if you're going to swing with me, you got to make eye contact while you make love with my lady. <laughs> that seems to be what, the right is i mean like and granted th there's a lot more to it but i'm saying like when in terms of audiences man like going into certain places that are so, super liberal seems to be a little bit more of a like oh can i say that in front of them can i not say that in front of them so i yeah people would uh people would make that accusation to me all the time it's like well you know what uh, you yeah but you can't play the south i played the fucking south every year i played atlanta every year i played houston every year i played austin every year i played nashville i played florida what the fuck are you yeah. talking about you know when i show up when i when i go to nashville and i i don't i don't give them a lecture i start telling jokes that's what that's why it works and the beauty is of to me, the greatest accomplishment is when I can get a crowd to come around to my way of thinking, at least comedically, so that they can appreciate it. They don't have to agree with me politically, but they can agree with, they can appreciate my, my point of view of comedically. And so that's why I could go play uh, Houston. I played Houston every year for fucking 20 years straight. What are you talking about? I, same thing with Austin, same thing. What, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? So, uh, and San Diego, that's fucking re Republic. I just, it doesn't make sense. That it, so people want to think that. They want to think you can't speak your mind and, and people won't like, no. People go to a comedy club, they hear jokes, and that's what I give them when they when they get there. But it's about certain topics that I like. And, you know, it's. I remember when I went to, um, Afghanistan to tell jokes for the troops. I was told you can't make fun of George Bush, right? That's that I was there in 2006. And they go, you can't make fun of the president, right? And so the fucking first thing I did was make fun of the president, right? Come on, I'm a comedian. I'm not going to fucking follow your stupid fire me. I'm in Afghanistan. Fire me. <laughs> so I go up and I make fun of George Bush and they fucking howled and it turns and the, and it turns out, you know why they laughed? Cuz everybody hates their boss. Yes. Yes. And that, so you know, I, I, I've done I those too. Yeah. 
So we have find we can find common ground. We're all Americans. We can find common ground. And this idea that uh, th that half the country now is somehow Nazis and we can't ever talk to them. And you know, I had a guy on from the World Socialist website on my show, and I asked him. Uh, uh, I had a Boogaloo boy on my show right before that, who people don't understand. They conflate the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. They don't know the Boogaloo Boys were set up as a response to the Proud Boys. They're, they're the ones who are anti-racist. They're the ones who are anti-cop. They're the ones who are anti-war. They're the ones who are pro-LGBTQ. Not all of them, but a lot of them. That's why they were set up that way. So I was interviewing that guy and I was like trying to find common ground. He, did, he wasn't for Medicare for all and some other shit, but he was for the Southern. I'm like, no, this isn't, we need to have more conversations like yes. this. Because I didn't know anything about the Boogaloo Boys. I didn't know anything about them. And I'm like, we should have more conversations because it's either this or civil war. I think we should have a conversation, right? So I have this guy on from the, he considers himself a labor uh, organizer. And he, he starts yelling at me about having that guy on. And I go, what are you talking? I go, Jerry, what's your message for that guy? And he goes, I don't have a message. I go, well, that's why nobody ever fucking heard of you. And you're a shitty organizer because that's not how you organize. You don't go to this floor shop and go, who here is a proud boy? You're out. Who's a boogaloo boy? You're out. Who's a Trumper? You're out. Who's a libertarian? You're out. Who watches Tucker Carlson? You're out. Who's left over? Now I'm going to organize with you. That's not how it works. And what scares the shit out of shit libs because they love to say, now we got to organize along class lines. And they don't even realize what the fuck they mean when they say that. I have to tell them, do you know what that, that means when you say we have to organize along class lines and not political lines? That means you have to organize with people in your same class who are Trumpers the other half of the country. That's what that means. And that scares the shit out of them because they don't want to do that. But that's the only way we can get any real fucking change in this country because both parties are completely corrupted. First, the billionaires bought the, they, first the billionaires bought the politicians and then they bought the news media, which is why journalists sound just like politicians. I couldn't agree more. And look at these entertainers. I just feel like in the last four years uh, with, with Trump and then into Biden, like all these punk rockers were just exposed oh. as just faux rock. It's not even yeah. punk rock. It's like when, 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 you know, Jimmy, you and I are around the same age, you know, we grew up with like the Democrats were for the little guy. And then the, the uh, Republicans were the big business people. Right. And it was easy to pick and choose who, who's there. But as we got older and the internet came and all of a sudden we got information that kind of let us know the heads of both party are two heads of the same snake. Right. Then it got a lot harder to decide who was the good guys, who was the bad guy. I'll tell you, most of the people in Washington are not the good guys. So it's more like nobody's a good guy there, but, as you see these guys like Rage Against the Machine, Chuck D, a public enemy, and they're just straight up going, oh, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. You're like, what are you talking about, man? That's not how you bring people together by just being like either, which is exactly what George Bush used to say, which is either you're with us or you're against us. That's, That's right. no different. So uh, it's funny. Uh, you know how people talk about our criminal justice system and how racist it is. And it is, if you look at the prison population, it's an amazing, amazingly racist and, and uh, discriminatory uh, criminal justice system. Now I fucking forgot my point. Um, I forgot my point. Were you going to go into the guy who made the whole policies to uh, Joe oh, yes, Biden? That's right. 
so black and brown people are incarcerated at way higher numbers than white people in the United States. And we do have a, uh, a, a racist political criminal justice system. You know who, who organized that criminal sus? It was Joe Biden. It wasn't Donald Trump. Those people aren't in prison because of Donald Trump. Those people are in prison because of Joe Biden. And a lot of them are there in there for marijuana and his son's a freaking crackhead and he's not in prison. He never, so it's the rules for you, but not rules for them. And I would have some sympathy for, for uh, Hunter Biden if he would be out there advocating for all those people who did the same shit he did to get out of prison and, 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 and petition his father to let them out. But instead his father just kicked everybody out of their administration whoever admitted to smoking pot. Can while you he's believe telling, that? While he's telling everybody to feel sorry for his crackhead son. No, not Kamala Harris. Exactly. Not Kamala, Harris. Not Kamala she, Harris. She gets to stay. She gets to stay. Is it? Right? And then it's yeah, just so like... Again, it's, 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 it's well, rules for the oligarchs, but then there's other rules for you. And that's what Joe... Joe Biden is just as much a fucking oligarch as Donald Trump. He's just as much a racist as Donald Trump ever could be. In fact, he actually implemented his racism. Donald Trump never got the chance. Well, Camilla Harris locked way, up more black people. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this about the immigration? People are always telling me... I, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, right? And people... I, I voted green. And people were telling me that I was insensitive because of immigrants. You don't care about brown people and immigrants. Well, I... I told them what's going to happen is that people are going to uh, Donald Trump is going to put an ugly face on the horrible shit that Barack Obama and the Democrats have been doing for the last eight years. And now people are going to become aware of it. Right. And that's exactly what happened. So all of a sudden they got aware that, oh, my God, we're putting people in cages. Barack Obama did that. That was Barack Obama and Joe Biden put those immigrant kids in cages. That wasn't uh, Donald Trump started that. Oh, my God, we're it. We're gassing immigrants at the. Oh, Barack Obama guest immigrants at the border. That was Donald Trump who started that. Oh my God, Donald Trump is banning immigrants. He's banning Muslims at the airport. You know that Barack Obama bombed those Muslims? That's why they're at the fucking airport? 100%. So we started to become aware of stuff. And so the immigrants, Donald Trump ended up at exporting like half, almost half the amount of uh, Mexicans as uh, Joe Biden and Barack Obama did. Why? Because the local authorities became aware of their own policies and they stopped working with ICE. So Donald Trump wasn't able to export and deport as many Hispanics as Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Barack Obama exported more Mexicans than all the presidents combined since 1892. Okay. So just think about that. So this idea, so Barack Obama was a charlatan of the highest order. Of course, you want a black guy with a Muslim name to come steal your houses and give it to Wall Street and ramp take us from two wars to settle while getting a, a Nobel Peace Prize. Of course, it's a big fucking propaganda. It's all, and that's how they're going to do it. So when they come, when the devil comes, he's not going to come with fangs. He's going to come with the prettiest smile and the best eloquent speech you ever heard. That's what the devil's going to look like. 100%, dude. 100%. He was a giant. And, you know, we can get into the his whole election, who they put him up. You know, we're tired of, you know, George Bush, uh, uh, Dick Cheney. We hate old white guys. So who do you have him run against? John McCain, the oldest and grumpiest mm -hmm. of all the white people, walks right in. Have you ever studied Barack Obama's family, bro? It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you go, Back far enough, him and the Bushes have the same family. Do you know who the common ancestor is? No. A Hinkley, brother. <laughs> a Hinkley. Uh, who shot Reagan? A Hinkley. So that was funny. a little conspiracy for you. I want to get in real quick because you were, you know, 
I was banging there with you, but we were, you know, you were really put calling out a lot of the mainstream media on the left for their Russian gate stuff. Uh. And, uh, you know, there was a time where, and I found it hilarious, where people actually thought Fox News was the voice of reason. I go, imagine if you took someone from 2002 and you go, guess what? Everyone thinks Fox News is the voice of reason. But that's the bizarro world that 2017 was because they were constantly pushing this Russian narrative that didn't exist. There was no information. There's nothing about it. Later on, it comes. Yeah, after all that, people still, they say, are watching Rachel Maddow. They're watching CNN. What are your thoughts on that? Like, are people just glutton for punishment? Is it just a crack they can't give away? Why are there still 100 people watching a live stream of the Young Turks? Who are these people? Why are they doing that, in your opinion? So, I mean, as Chomsky taught us in manufacturing consent, that the, the news isn't there to give us the news, it's there to manufacture consent for the policies of the oligarchs. Um, and they do it. I mean, they pay Rachel Maddow $30,000 a day. People don't realize how much money they make. Those people make a lot of money, $30,000 a day. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's even happening right now to Democracy Now! where she won't tell the truth, Amy Goodman won't tell the truth on the War and Peace Report about our imperialism and our, and our, our foreign dirty wars. It's, it's sad, and Aaron Maté has called him out for it. He's a former employee over there. So uh, money corrupts everything, and that's exactly what happens. And so, the, like I said, you know, there's only six media companies, some people say five now, and they're all owned by about 15 different billionaires. And, and so the billionaires bought the media, they bought the politicians, and what the billionaires will allow us to have. So uh, CNN and then people, you know, my friends, my liberal friends in comedy, uh, Trump broke all their brains, you know, and they just started to repeat CIA talk. When you think the CIA and the FBI is on your side and you consider yourself on the left, you lost the plot. Uh, yeah, you don't yeah, know what yeah, the yeah. going on. And so that happened. And, uh, and so, you know, and people say, why do you go on Tucker Carlson? because he's the only one who will let me say the stuff I say about Julian Assange and my anti-war message. He'll bring me on and I can tell people what's actually happening in Syria. You know who won't bring me on? Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, Tuck, uh, Tucker Carlson will. You know who won't bring me on to talk about this? The Young Turks won't even bring on people to talk about Syria in the right way. Uh, how about CNN? They won't bring me on. They won't bring on Aaron Maté, an award-winning journalist. They won't bring on Chris Hedges to talk about this stuff. They stopped bringing on Glenn Greenwald in 2016 at the MSNBC. So it's over, right? They don't bring on real journalists who are adversaries. So that's why journalism is done because they're co-opted and now all journalists are doing is looking for their next fucking job. And that's what happened at The Intercept. They're, they fired their founder because they wanted to censor him. And that Glenn Greenwald and they and everybody it just so there's there is no adversarial journalism in the United States and there's no real left in the United States. There's just conformity and opportunism and it's everybody's taking a dollar and mm -hmm. they're just selling themselves out. And you have all these people crying about, uh, you know, Nazis. And then, okay. When people ask you for your vaccine passport, it's just, I don't understand how it's not the same fucking thing. And it's just like, you are doomed to repeat it. If you don't know your history, man, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And you know, the, the highway to hell is uh, paved with uh, good intentions. And I think people need to, I don't know why questioning everything 
which I think is something you do, and I, I know we do on this show, why questioning things is seen as so unpatriotic and so dangerous. And, and and why doesn't anyone keep score? How many times does the news have to be wrong before you stop listening to it? Right. It's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Why doesn't anybody keep? Why why does yeah? Why doesn't anybody keep score? And why is it that we get our uh, so independent news on YouTube is now being throttled and censored, right? And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's been admitted to by the head of YouTube. She said it in an interview, and she bragged about that they have throttled independent news she, well she refers to it as borderline content but that's what she means when she says borderline content we're considered borderline content and so she says our our recommendations on borderline content their views are down 80 percent she bragged about it so they're suppressing independent news and their people are they're pushing the people who go to youtube to watch corporate news that's not why people come to youtube that's but now YouTube's owned by the most wealthy corporation in the history of the world, Google. And so they are the establishment and they don't want to hear the truth anymore at YouTube. So we're being suppressed. And uh, the, the, the corporate journalists want to see us suppressed because we're their competition. And so yes. now uh, New York Times and CNN run hit pieces about how the people on YouTube are radicalizing everyone and how they're all Nazis and how they're all white supremacists. And we got to we have to throttle them and take them away because they're going to spread. Oh, look, January 6th happened because of YouTube. I mean, it's just one thing after another. So uh, free speech doesn't exist in America anymore. And people don't realize that. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are just like the telephone was a couple of decades ago. Because just like a couple of decades ago, if you tried to start a business, you, you had to have a telephone to start a business. Well, you have to have the internet, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter to start a business today. And so those should be called utilities, meaning you can't just take away someone's phone because, uh, you know, like AT&T can't take away the head of the KKK's phone because he didn't like the shit he's saying on there. So that should be the same way about your Twitter account, your Facebook account and your YouTube account. That should be the exact same thing. You can't take it away because you don't fucking like what they're saying. You have to prove they broke a law. You have to go to court and prove that they broke a free speech law because this is the equivalent of silencing someone on the internet, on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook is the equivalent of silencing somebody in the town square. So if you're going to take away someone's free speech, you better have a really good fucking reason to do it and you better be able to prove it in an adversarial court proceeding. You know who they can't get rid of? Steven Crowder. They've tried so hard and he right. has lawyers and he's one-on-one. I'm not. I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't, but they've tried really hard with him. He's been gone for a week and he comes back and said, I went a lawyer and I fought it. And there are- I want to do that, fun. man. But it's like, dude, like this show, this I used to have a YouTube channel. I had to take off Tim Fall Hat off there because they were just giving me strikes on like videos from five years ago. And yeah. like we were getting over a, a hundred thousand views on our video. Now we can't, even on our nice videos where it's just comedy, we can't get more than- 15,000 views. That's with 130,000 subscribers. They were giving us strikes on private videos, videos that weren't even public, that only we could see. We were getting strikes on. I mean... They just did that to a friend of mine, too. They they gave him a strike for a, a video he didn't even publish. He just made it private. That's crazy. So... And if you don't think that's censorship, I have another thing coming, right? So it, it'd be like if you, if the, you took away someone's printing press because you didn't like what they printed. That's the equivalent of <laughs> Facebook and YouTube. That's the new printing press, right? So you can't take away someone's printing press because you don't like what they're saying unless you prove in court they broke a law. 
And so, I, and people, so I try, I think, do you think that's a good example of saying, you, you know, the telephone, you can't take away a business's telephone. I mean, you could see how you can't have a life or live in a society without a telephone. You can't have a life or live in a society without Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. Well, I mean, how many of these companies all got like uh, shell company seed money that was basically a shell for the intelligence yeah. community? I mean, Facebook uh -huh. started on the day that they that the the Pentagon stopped a program called LifeLog on the exact same day. They stopped LifeLog and boom, Facebook was founded the exact same day. And if LifeLog was all about collecting your data. So you're competing against companies that have unlimited funding. So you have people like Bitchu, Rockfin that we're both on, Odyssey, all trying to compete as an alternative to YouTube when all YouTube has unlimited resources to compete against you. It's just like that's the thing. So if so if you're gonna say uh everybody has a right to the first amendment and the right to free press. Right. So you can't then give, uh, so like you can give me a press that prints uh, one page every other day, but you give a press to the corporation that prints a million pages a second. That's not the same. That's so that's why you can't kick someone off YouTube and go, well, it's a free that's you still have your free speech. No, I don't. You can't give them that advantage and then not give it to me. That's not free speech. That's not equal. That is uh, uh that is separate. That is not that's separate and unequal. That it's is fascism, dude. That it yes, that's, and so now and so and by the way, who runs the? I mean, it, it's Silicon Valley who runs the fucking uh, White House. I mean, it's just crazy what's happening. Well, yes, now it's we come out, fascism. Jimmy, that Google was funding the Wuhan lab. They yeah. were sending them money, like. Why is Google search engine funding the Wuhan lab? Oh yeah, because they are an arm of the intelligence community. And, and everybody right. yelling at everybody about masks and get the vaccine and all that stuff. And we don't have a discussion on that right now, but why, where is this energy for finding out Dr. Fauci through all these shady channels we're funding this this virus research. Where is that energy? Why isn't it? What it's it, like you're just what, programmed. Uh, exactly right. It's groupthink and it's herd mentality. And that's what journalists have in America. They have herd mentality and they're all, they're all afraid to step out of line because they don't want, they, they're all looking towards their next job. And, you know, Dr. Fauci, we've been criticizing him from since day one on our show. That guy's a he's a he's a pathological liar. And the shit libs on the left, you know, attached themselves to Fauci and made him out to be a saint as a way to own on Trump, to dunk on Trump. And that's a mistake because I've already proven on my show, Dr. Fauci's a pathological liar and people are catching on to it now. It got so bad that Dr. Fauci had to say one of the most craziest things I've ever heard someone say. He said that if you if you criticize me, that's like you are criticizing science. No, so that he's basically saying I'm I'm beyond criticism because I'm a scientist. No, you're not beyond criticism, Dr. Fauci. When it's when your emails show that you're doing duplicitous shit, now you're not beyond criticism. When your emails show shady shit with you and Bill Gates, you're not beyond criticism. When your emails show you privately saying one thing and publicly saying another, you're not beyond criticism. And that's such a fucking cynical dodge to say you're criticizing science. And he knows because he knows that's a trigger word for the shit lips that hate Trump. 
and uh, his history with HIV and AIDS. If anyone did a deep dive in that, it's war crimes that he's committed. And he's been there forever. Anybody, it's like, you know, somebody said it. It's not, it's not the passing through state that's bad. It's the permanent state. You know, when someone like Nancy Pelosi, yes. Joe Biden, and Dr. Fauci are all there for 40 years, that we got problems. We got real yeah. problems, man. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I have nothing but love and respect for you. And I appreciate you coming on our show and having a talk with us. And uh, I appreciate you. If you don't go, go check out the Jimmy Dore show. It's one of the best on there. And uh, enjoy your life, brother. Are you, I, I know you were going through some health stuff. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a little better. I've been taking uh, experimental drug treatments to treat it. And uh, I'm feeling a little better, but not 100% by far. So, but thank you for asking. I appreciate it. All right, brother. We love you very much, Jimmy. Thanks for doing the short, guys. Thank you so much for showing up. I love you all so much, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.